All right, everyone, this is Mike, and today is August 2nd or 3rd. Um, I mean, I normally don't know what day it is uh, <laughs> before all the uh, all the uh, um, lockdown began. So, you know, did I say April? I said August. So this is this is getting strange, and you know, um, the video I did yesterday, I kept saying August, August, whenever I meant to say April, and I did it again today. And Jenny, who who does a lot of the the editing, she when she picked up that I had done that yesterday, she was like, "Well, do you think we should like re-record that because you know it's April and you said August?" And um, I was like, no, not at all. Like, you know, this is whatever's coming out. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say before I start talking. Like, I have a general idea. I put slides together. But other than that, I don't really know. And so when something like the date, uh, the month is off and I'm doing it consistently, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to be weird. Um, I'm like, is there, you know, we're talking about timelines and we, we're, we're seeing um, very tangibly some really weird stuff with time and space. So, you know, maybe this message, you know, <laughs> is being recorded from August. I don't know. So, um, and that, that's a, that's a good way to start because, um, I want to talk about more about imagination. Why is imagination so important? What do I mean by imagination? Yeah. Um, you have to make an assumption that when I'm using the word imagination, it's different than or it's greater than whatever you think that definition is. Um, and that's because we've all been kind of conditioned in such a way that that word, what it really implies is is beyond most, whatever we think, whatever we, we think the imagination is, no matter how great, um, and when I say great, I mean in terms of expansive, the that definition is it's probably a little bit more and during this particular time the use of imagination as it's typically um as it's typically described is going to be um you know it's the this is how you're going to navigate the the coming times and so we're we're we're, we're going to understand the system and that we're in and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, the last, the last talk was about uh, um, I mentioned the movie Contagion, and tonight I'm going to mention the movie Inception. And it's it's interesting uh, when you go back and you start looking at these movies that are 10 years old, that are 15 years old, and you'll start to notice there's a cluster. They're, they're, they cluster in terms of genres or styles, and um, you think about, or at least I do, I, I think about that in terms of like the timeline consciousness of, of humanity and then also what is being conditioned. Um, and so I'm going to talk about inception and we're going to tie this, this, this conditioning in. So I definitely recommend watching inception uh, again. I, my memory of seeing it, I know I've seen it like probably two times. And I remember I actually saw that in the movie theater. I saw it by myself. You know, I went in the middle of the day and I saw it. I knew that there was something in that movie that um, I needed to see, you know, for whatever reason. And um, I remember leaving the movie being like, I think I kind of got it. Like, I, I know I liked it, but I don't think I really understood, like, the whole story. It was very, it was very... Um, 
it was a convoluted plot for me and it was hard for me to really like string it together and that's uncommon like typically I come out of a movie even like one which deals with like different uh with complex plots and timelines like yeah like I can I can sort that up in my head but I had trouble I had trouble with Inception but I just recently saw it again and it, it it's making more sense to me and so um the most important part of the film, I would say, is when um, the main character, this uh, Leo DiCaprio character, um, he begins training a uh, um, a young woman, like 20 years old. The Leo character is like 30-something, I would say. And he's teaching her how to um, do what they do. So if you're unfamiliar with, with Inception, what they do is it's, um, the idea is that people are able to hack into your dreams and they don't just hack into your dreams. Um, what they do is, um, they are able to create a false dream state, like a, a false, like kind of like uniformed environment, which is where where people dream and then they are able to um, put in their uh, dreaming consciousness, but it's like lucid dreaming. Like the, the guys who are doing this con purposefully, they, they are doing it and they know what they're doing. So they're conscious in this dream state and they understand they're working in this dream state. And then the target has usually been kidnapped and they're put under a certain sed a sedative, a, a very specific sedative, which allows them to remain stable while being deep asleep. Um, and so that's the, the kind of like the nature of what they do. So what we want to think about this uh, or the takeaways from this part is like one is that there's a natural dream state. Like the, there is a natural dream state. We all dream. And that um, it is also possible to create um, artificial dream landscapes. And from the dreaming perspective, uh, the dreamer does not recognize the difference. And we're, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit deeper in a moment. But the point of all of this is this movie, and, and, and I'm, I'm seeing this with many films done by Christopher Nolan like if you know how to look at them you know they're they're really passing on the storyline like when you take it literally where you're like okay what are they communicating well then you know you're like okay this is this is like the this is what's being passed on so like even though Hollywood is a uh, you know <laughs> Hollywood is Hollywood that doesn't mean that the um the trained eye cannot find truth in the films and and Christopher Nolan's work I find um, particularly good and he deals with different things. He can communicate very, very complex ideas in a way which is um, which 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 is which you can wrap your mind around. You don't um, you can you can understand it if you really think about it. And the reason why that's important is it's a, a me culpa. You know, it's like this is this is what you guys are all in. You know, this is, we are the dreamers. And, you know, if at first when you hear that phrase, you're like, yeah, yeah, we're the dreamers. But we have to realize we don't know what being, what the dream world means or dreaming means. Like to really, to come awake into the dream world is you have to realize that whatever you think you know, you don't know. And that's not like, or that that's not like a, um, 
like a, a metaphorical thing. Like you really have to like be that honest with your thoughts because what we can see from the movie Inception is the environment which we have been born into. So in Inception, they teach you, they tell you how they build the environments and what they were trying to do in the environment, in Inception in particularly. So typically in the movie, it's about extracting information. So they would have a, a two-level, um, they would have a two-level dreamscape. So they would have like the initial, the initial dream and then the person is supposed to come awake in the dream and then they're like, oh yeah, you figured it out. And then there's like, they built that into it, but the, the person who's awake, they don't realize they're still dreaming. They think they are awake, but they're still dreaming. Um, and so that's how they built the system and that's how they're building the system. So we, we can look at, at our reality that way, that it's, it's built um, with these multiple layers to kind of trap you. And it's really like when you think you're awake that in, in um, Inception, it's at the level two where um, they, they pull out your secrets because in the level two, what they'll do is they'll build a bank. And it's, it's interesting like as you go deeper in levels, the significance or the, 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 the grandness of, um, the grandness of, uh, um, of symbolism, like it gets bigger and bigger, like the deeper and deeper you go. So what I'm saying is like things become more and more and more symbolic. So as we recognize we're dreamers and we don't recognize, we don't even know what dreaming is. We just know that this is the dream. Like it feels real, but it's the dream. And we, we can begin to, to differentiate between the real dream and the artificial dream because we know that dreaming is natural. We're supposed to be dreaming. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's why the, the Australian Aborigines, you know, you always hear the story. It's like they were the ones, they're like, no, what we call waking, that's the dream time. The dreaming, that's the real time. And so it's, it's, so take that as literal as you can be and like, okay, if this is the dream, it feels real. Um, you know, we want to go and, 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 and it, it is a natural occurrence, but we want to go and be able to separate what has been implanted and what has not been implanted. And movies and, and popular culture for that whole matter is one of the greatest ways of creating these layers upon layers of our dreams. So, um, in the, in the movie, so layer two is where they extract secrets and they would build a safe or like they would do like something which would be symbolic of where you would keep something hidden. And then in this shared dream, what happens is the guy, uh, Leo, would go and break into the safe and then read the files that are in there. And just because of the nature of this, how the, 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 the dream realm works, like the secrets a person has are, are uh, um, they show up in, on the papers there and it can be read in the dream, but because they were lucid dreamers, they were able to extract information. So this may sound like a little bit like, huh, wow. Um, this is like when you read about like all the NSA stuff that they tell you about, like the, like the men who stare at goats and all of like the Project Stargate and all of these sort of things. Like this is the sort of stuff they were doing, like creating environments, which people would go into and like, you know, there, there, there was something going on on a much, much deeper level. And these movies can give us some more insight into it. One of the things which we learn when, when they are training the, the, the next level architect, and remember, this is a big part of like matrix type of symbology also is like, they've got, like, they've got the architect or the, you know, the, and that's a Masonic uh, term as well, but, um, 
the architect is is very important, the designer of the dream, if you will, at least in this um, in this instance. And so, what they do in Inception is they want to create a maze. They say like a maze, and they show like the the, the character first tries to do a maze without um, without. Uh, or just like a, a maze, a square maze. Like imagine drawing a square and you draw lines. And it was like if you've never, if you've never tried to draw a maze before. Like I, I, I try to draw them all the time. I've never done a good one. But they're like tricky and like you know it's. Um, so she starts off doing that, and the guy's like, "No, this isn't good." And then all of a sudden she like she says, "Oh, well, what if I do a maze like a circle?" And she draws this amazing maze in a circle. And then he's like, "All right, now we're now we're moving somewhere." So they're giving us a clue. There's something circular. And so when they design the the first layer dream. The, the most important thing is because it's circular, it's all self-referencing. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, as long as you just keep going round, 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 and round, like, and you're not really paying attention to the to the details, you're going to not realize that you're not getting anywhere and it's all the same sort of stuff. That's the dream, you know, and this is like on many, many levels. Like, we need to be able to recognize what the dream is and where it's not. Now, we need to recognize that there's a layer two. What happens is... Um, as they explain in the movie, they say the subconscious, once it recognizes there's an intruder, it will begin to turn on you. So like if you are an ins- doing, um, uh, going into someone else's dreamscape and you're pulling them into this, actually this artificial one, like it's the subconscious, which is the, uh, um, which is going to awaken the dreamer, you know, that, and this is like the first real sense of defense. And this is slightly on a, a, a different topic, but it, it, you know, the seed needs to be planted now. It's like, what is the subconscious? Like in a very, very literal question, like not about like, you know, what we know the definition is like, what is the subconscious? Like when, when we know the, think about the behaviors, which are attributed to this thing we're called the subconscious and just begin to think about that as a mechanism of being human. Like, you know, and then begin to ask, like, in what environment does this make sense? And that's a, that's a, that's a, a big question, you know, to ponder. But um, now we got to go back to, uh, to, to Inception. So it's, they're building the, the subconscious, whatever this thing is, is like, this is what's going to first begin to have you wake up to the dream. But then they, they're like, okay, we know they're going to wake up. So we're going to have the second layer dream. So we have to realize that our subconscious is part of our, you know, our ways of navigating this. And so speaking the language of waking up from the dream is really speaking the language of the subconscious. And then there's also going to be this expectation of, um, you know, self reference and and that there's going to be a a, a trap to wake up in the dream and this is why imagination is so important is because you know these are strange concepts which i'm describing they're abstract concepts but they're meant to be applied in very very literal way and so to make sense of this is you have to be able to recognize this and then use this thing we're called the imagination to um reverse the the mirror you know the 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 trap can only be an inversion of um of what what is true and so we we that's going to be a nice uh uh way of of navigating um navigating through this waking from the dream process because no matter where we are you know if you're listening to this uh 
you're you're in the process of awakening the dream, awakening from the dream, and like yeah, we've always been awakening from the dream. That's that's you know part of the human experience, but it's never been so uniform right now, you know, and and so that's why we can go back and we've been given something to really understand this, these circumstances and it's many, many levels. And so this, this movie Inception, so I've just talked about the first layer and then the second layer, and then they've got the third layer. And that's what the whole movie's kind of about. They're talking about the danger of the third layer. And so we want to think about this also as it relates to like all of these government programs which were being run. And we only know what we're supposed to know. So recognize that that you know take that any way you want but you know if it's on wikipedia you're supposed to know it's on wikipedia um and that has a lot of implications and so um if in this movie they're talking about multiple levels and there's dangers when you go on on different levels and that's part of it um you know that's that's part of what was being played with but specifically, level three, why level three is important and why level three is going to be really important for waking up from the dream uh, is at level three is when they can do inception. And so that's different than level two. Level two is all about like, this is where I extract secrets. It's like, you know, I can go in, like get them kind of deep and I can find out like their deepest secrets, you know, the, the things they're, they're, um, they're hiding from people. And if you go one layer deeper, though, you're now, you're, you're now being active. And so because of this, there was, there's a whole bunch of danger to the person who's going down that, that level on many, many levels. And, and so it's, it's a much less stable sort of environment and it's much more symbolic. But the goal of level three is on level three, you can create something which is so hidden from the typical person who is living in on level one dream world, mainstream uh, dream world, that level three is just like totally, it's there, it's, it's very influential, but it is, it is, um, it is, uh, um, it's also very unstable and very symbolic. And so this is, this is a literal truth, both macrocosm and microcosm. And so what they do is what they say, the goal of, of inception is you have to create um, all of the right circumstances of making the person figure out um, what you want them to figure out on their own. So you're going to put all of these pieces on the puzzle like down there and then eventually they're going to come to the conclusion like they're just going to logically come to this conclusion like of course this is what it is. So it feels like it's real but but they that is how it happens like that's all hypnosis that's all the magic this is like the artificial like this false magic and this is what they're doing they're doing this with the predictive programming they're putting these stories out there and at the same time they're showing us how it works and so the 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 beauty of this is um the very things that were used to enslave minds can also be used to free the mind when you when you recognize the situation, um, and so you know again that's what <laughs> this is that's what this is all about. So so to kind of like wrap up this inception piece is um, this is what is has happened to to all of us who are born in this culture, like born in this time, 
to varying degrees, and, and some of us probably um, more acutely than others, but everyone was affected. And it was designed to um, bring about people in a certain way. And there are multiple, multiple levels of to, to wake up from, but it's all seemingly an artificial system. It's an artificial system and it's multiple layers. And then there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of danger when you wake up on the deeper level um, and you learn to be able to see what, um, what the true dreaming is. So all we know is we're dreaming and our dream has been hijacked and, and, and the very mechanisms which were used to hijack the dream were, are also going to explain like how it works. So you can like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to navigate this situation. So um, understanding this is, is you need to go and look back at your life and you look back at all the experiences and you look back at it very, very um, like logically and rationally and understanding like if this is how things work and you've got like the deeper down you go, it is the more symbolic it is and like a little bit more like loosey-goosey in terms of, of how it shows itself. But like that's the most powerful form of uh, of this kind of like creating this false dream world. Um, but that's where, you know, you're going to become most... Um, most free from it and if you need something more concrete like if you're like okay this is interesting but i want to i really want to see what you mean like i want to see how they do it uh darren brown d-e-r-r-e-n brown he's like a um like a uh entertainer primarily in the uk like he's kind of like a what you'd call a mentalist and but he is also like he's still flirting with like is this real magic or not but his, his the show's shtick you know and this is like this is really really this show is really good um i mean i think it's obviously you know what what institute it's coming out of um but what he does is he shows firsthand like how all of these uh different like mentalist tricks are done all this like david blaine stuff is done like a lot of this like uh like the street magicians like street magicians do a variety type of 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 trickery but they're still flirting with things which you're like hmm, i don't know quite how they do that but what darren brown does really good is he shows you how easy it is to create artificial realities and when you see that done and then you can extrapolate it larger and smaller uh, you have a working model with like, okay, this is what, what we've all been put in. And this is like how well coordinated it is. And remember, layer one, and this is actually true, I think, with, with every layer, is they're circular. And so what that means is everything within that dream is self-referencing. So like if you're, you're, you're getting like this feeling, and there are multiple, multiple levels that like, okay, this, you know, this is all subconscious feeling. Something's not right. And then you kind of like look out and you're getting like this, this self-reflection back. Like, no, everything's okay. This is, this is how we've always done it, you know, or whatever the reassurance, which is coming from like the majority or, or the majority of like your, your feedback, like that's like circular reference. And so it's, it's set up like that. And so <clears throat> the way you move out like you're going to recognize you have to recognize because it's the nature of the subconscious that 
you are going to be in a circle. We're all in a circle to some degree. And particularly the ones which we're aware of are like, okay, I, I know I, I'm still like limited into a certain level of reality because you know what? I can't just get in my car and just go and do whatever I want. In fact, I'm going into a car. My imagination is so tied up that I'm picturing about traveling. If I could travel any way I would want, I'm picturing in something which has already been given to me. And so this is when imagination comes in because imagination is what's going to give you the ability to sense, feel, see, imagine what the real dream is. You can see things in the artificial dream, which are just the inversions. And so the imagination is what, what is the mechanism which allows you to, to free flow and rationally reverse engineer, if you will, um, what the level three reality is creating. So, all right. So <laughs> I'm going to go and, and I'm going to do a little bit into my own dream. And I'm going to do this and just like, you know, uh, we're all part of this. We're all part of this dream. And I was given a time capsule like a couple of days ago. Um, I was, I, I found a, a, an accordion folder um, which had a whole bunch of my stuff from like 15 years ago. And I was a very different person 15 years ago. In fact, I sometimes have a difficult time remembering, um, like I've got pictures in my mind of what that time was. But, you know, it's, it's hard for me to remember it being that. So I have memories and I got this time capsule, you know, as uh uh, I, I found this, this old accordion fire file and had all sorts of stuff, a whole bunch of notebooks. And you know, I went through and I read all this stuff, which, you know, was, was significant enough in my life to write down a notebook. Then I found some other key, um, keepsakes. And so this right here, da, 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 where is it? I'm doing this. All right. This right here. So this is a, um, let's make this even bigger. Um, this is the, the front page of a intra-company, like within a company, uh, magazine from a company I worked at. And you could see this is June 2000. And the company was called Telligent. And this is the front page and it was Telligent People in Progress. Intelligent Telecom Ventures initiate point to multi-point link in Argentina. So like, this is the type of company I'm working at, you know, this is, this was 20 years ago. This is almost, I mean, this was probably exactly 20 years ago now because this is, this is, um, June 2000 and, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to show you. The reason I have a copy of this magazine is because I was the centerfold that month. You know, this was me, <laughs> but I'm going to work up to that. But that was literally, if this was June, if, if this issue was June 2000 um, and I'm the centerfold, probably that picture was taken like two months, three months, four months in advance which was probably right around April 2000, you know, this is April 2020 right now. So this is, this is a really interesting um, uh, experiment, which what we're doing right now. Um, and when I say experiment, I'm like, 
I'm not planning this, but this showed up in my this showed up in my uh, uh, in my person, you know, in my property, and then. I'm going through this and it's lined up perfectly. So get a load of this. So this is what, and I remember working this company. Like I'm not implying that I don't remember working this company, but I'm looking at it with fresh eyes and I'm seeing this and I'm like, and I'm thinking about who I am now. I'm thinking about what's happening now. And I'm thinking about this crazy trajectory, which I have had. And I'm not saying that there's anything like particularly special about my story. I'm using my story as an example of what you need to do to your own story to deconstruct like you know what sort of dream have i been i, I have been participating in so this story right here so this from this this from within the uh um the 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 magazine so it's uh to initiate point to multi-link multi-point link in argentina so this is 20 years ago. Telligent and Telcom Ventures have begun deploying advanced fixed wireless communications networks in Argentina, launching the partnership's first point to multi multi-point link in Buenos Aires. Like I'm not an engineer. Like I, I worked in the I worked in a in like a corporate marketing job, but I'm looking at this now with like the world we're living in, and I'm like. I was situated where, when? So, um, want, so if this work gets even crazier, crazier. So it says, Telcom Ventures, uh, Intelligent and Telcom Ventures unveiled their plans to offer business customers in Argentina's major markets significant savings on high-speed data and internet access service. The venture, Intelligence First in South America, like this company hasn't even hadn't even like um hadn't even like uh uh started billing full-time customers like this company was so friggin wild like we built out an entire wireless network 20 years ago um with 5g on the 5g network and then we were in argentina we're literally building in the infrastructure in argentina before we even have one like paying customer in in um in the united states and then just goes poof so this is nuts okay so um the venture intelligence first first in south america marries intelligence advanced smart wave communications technology what the hell was smart wave communications technology with radio spectrum 24 25 gigahertz band that has been licensed to the affiliates So this is it. 24 gigahertz. 24 gigahertz. This is where the this is part of. It is part of 5G. So obviously this was technology 20 years ago. Uh, as the story goes, Telligent disappeared. It just went bankrupt. It was like literally like, you know, the biggest company, billion dollars of funding. And then poof, like just with all these other companies, oh, the technology didn't work and just went away. And so 20 years ago this month, you could see right here the, on the focus of product marketing, you know, <laughs> Intelligent is, it's the inside of the magazine. All right. So um, focus on product marketing. We see this month, meet Mike Wan, product manager for dedicated internet access. I was like 27 years old right there. Um, oh my God. That's just funny to, to, to look at that. But what's insane is 
the work I did before that, the work I did before that, I was in charge of this this project. I was like a project manager and it was called um, License Protection. So this company, Telligent, was granted all of these licenses for the spectrum of wireless frequency, which they were able to get for for free. And the reason why they were able to get it for free is there was no technology that knew how to take advantage of it. And so it was basically just sitting there and um, some some uh, uh, technologist, if you will, you know, it was, uh, I don't remember exactly how it, it happened, but they figured out a way how to, how to make this, this technology work. And then that began what was this fixed wireless um, network, which was 98 to to 2000 companies like Telligent, Windstar, there are a handful of companies that use variations of what we're now calling 5G uh, technology. And I was working at one of these companies. Oh, so this is the story. So we were given license. We, we petitioned for license and we were given licenses with like, uh, um, like a five-year, um, maybe even longer than that. There was like, there, there was a deadline for when the license would expire. And what the language said was like at this date, if there was not at least one paying customer utilizing the, um, the frequency, the, this, the license for this particular frequency in this particular market, well, you'll give it back to us. So, um, the company's business plan was to literally roll out like 15 markets all at once, like major city markets. And then um, that's where the 99% of all of the emphasis was going. But then this behind the scenes, all of these, like that might have been a small number, but there's a much larger number. I think it was a total of like 88 different markets, which which Telligent had, um, had the license to those markets. Um, the ones which were like, tertiary secondary and tertiary markets like you know places like scranton pennsylvania i mean i don't recall if scranton was one of the places or not but it was all of these like that type of 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 market where like of course we're not going to say no to it or maybe there was a reason why each one of those companies uh, or markets we got nonetheless my job was to ensure that each one of these tertiary markets had at least one um one uh, connection and one paying customer in each market. And basically what I did was I had to go and secure leases with these these building owners who had no idea that they owned the rights. It was just a Latin long. I had to find out, you know, who owned that place and like allow them to put this brand new technology on their rooftop. And I, I, I mean, I managed the whole thing out of this cube right there um, as this 27-year-old kid. And I had to like go and find like one customer. It could only be in one building because we only had one, one location it needed to be. And like I had to go and call each person on that list and be like, listen, I could give you free internet access. And like I did that and I like I, I secured the licenses. It was known as license protection. And then they gave me this this job, like this focus on product marketing. And it was like, you know, it was a um uh if you were in that world, like if like that was important to you, if like at age twenty seven, this is like two thousand, this is a year before nine eleven, um and you're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like really well situated on this great career path in like this really exciting new industry. You know, that's where I was. And so there, there was a certain level which it, it was, there was, there was, it was enviable at least within like the, the circle which I was familiar with, my social circle. But um, 
you know, <laughs> look where I am now. <laughs> Obviously, something else was going on. But the point of all of this is like, somehow I was connected to like, I'm thinking about, about how I think now. And if I were to go and see this story on someone else, I'd be like, all right, you know, what's going on? Now, the question I have is like, is this my dream? <laughs> all right, so... um uh, here's where it gets really weird. So, so I did that and I think I lasted, it was right after, um, no, I left Telegen. I went to, I went to another company, a UK based company with cable and wireless. And then that was my last, that was when I left, right? When I turned 30, right on my Saturn return is that was the last time I ever had like a, a corporate job. Like it's the last time I ever had a steady paycheck age 30. I mean, people think I've been insane ever since then. So going back to Telogen, here's the last thing, which is really crazy. So there's me. Um, da, da, da. So do I have a picture of this in here? I thought I did. All right. Um, the president of Telogen was um, this guy named Alex Mandel. And you could see it right here. This is Wikipedia. It says he was a chairman and CEO of Telogen from, from 1996 to 2001. And prior to that, he was the president and COO of AT&T. So I want to put that in, in context. Like it was, it became commonplace um, after Alex Mandel did this. But Alex Mandel had like from a businessman's perspective, like the greatest, like arguably like one of the greatest jobs, like in terms of like, you know, it'd be like the president of, 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 of GE, you know, AT&T at that time, um, was that type of company and particularly when you understood like AT&T's roots with Bell Lab and when and that whole whole situation and then Bell Lab became Lucius uh Lucis Lucian Lucian technology I think that's what it is like Ball Lab like that is a whole sort of topic like that's that's the AT&T lineage and so we've got we um but that's just on the synchromistic level right so we got Alex we have Alex Mandel who had like this great job at AT&T and I think he was, he hadn't been in that position for very long. And then he goes and he becomes this president of Telligent. In fact, I believe he was the first employee. Like, you know, that's how much of a slam dunk that Telligent was, was that like the initial people who had the technology or who were behind it all, they came to the most powerful man with the most powerful job and they said something to him. And whatever it was, like, however it was, like, he was like, okay, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to launch this company, Telligent. And Telligent ended up being like this huge, colossal, like it just collapsed in on itself, or at least that's the outer story that was told. And I always kind of wondered, um, I always wondered, like, you know, how come all of those guys, like, you know, no, everyone came out like smelling like roses, as the saying goes, like, like they took a billion dollars, which just like disappeared, you know, oops, company didn't work. And you know, everyone who was involved with it, like there was no like penalty. It was no like, oh, they're not good presidents. They're not good CFOs, you know, uh, um, they all, uh, their, their career increased or it, 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 it went, it, it further, uh, elevated on its trajectory. So, um, that was always in the back of my mind. And so this is what though is very interesting is, at the same time period that he was on, Telligent was, wow, uh, huh, uh, that Telligent was um, run by Alex Mandel. He was on the board of directors at InQtel. 
And if you know what InQtel is, it is the um, it is the uh, um, the the investment arm of the CIA. And this is all, you know, Intelligent was headquartered in Tyson's Corner. So if you know, um, actually it was, it was in Alexandria. Alexandria, Virginia was the first headquarters. So Intelligent actually was more, was connected that way physically in what Alexandria represents as opposed to Tyson's Corner, which it eventually, um, which it eventually became. So, uh... Wow, and if if you're hearing like a like like something in my voice, it's like the very nature of just like looking back at this trajectory and like you know looking back at this individual, you know this this was me, and I'm like I I had this job like I did I did something very I did the job before this I did something which like wasn't really glamorous. And it wasn't talked about because it was actually, it showed a vulnerability because it was like, if we don't have at least one of these customers, we're going to be handing this back to the FCC. And yeah, they've got no value right now, but at some point they're going to hold value and we wouldn't want to just hold, hand back this value, this thing. So we're going to do this like really, really kind of quiet. And so we're going to give this to you and you go ahead and do that. And, um, and I think I, I spent a year doing that and... <laughs> All right, so I mean, this is uh... so. Here's the other thing that was in this this uh, um... <laughs> this uh, time capsule. This is a little bit different, and so this is a picture of me as a boy, and there are these three pictures, and it's really interesting. And so we're looking at two of them right now. And I kind of remember this. I kind of don't remember this. I don't know if I just remember the pictures. Um, but this here is of me and my mother. And we both have our eyes shut, which is kind of funny because um, like one, like that was probably much more commonplace back. Uh, this is probably 1977-ish. Um, because, you know, you, you take a picture, you don't know what it is. And, but the fact of the matter is both me and my mom have our eyes shut at the same time. That's kind of odd. And then this other picture, there are only three pictures. And then there's this other one, which obviously came from the same um, trip. Uh, and it was of the, the, the Twin Towers. And... Obviously, these weren't taken one right after another because, you know, this is taken on top of that. And, you know, maybe this was taken that same day. If we were, like, sightseeing down here, maybe then we, you know, we went out to uh, the Statue of Liberty. I, I assume that's what this this is. But but this was the, this the, it was just Twin Towers. It was, these are the only images. Like, there weren't any pictures of, of, um, of, um, like the Statue of Liberty or anything else which would be, um, I think I remember going to FAO Schwartz. I very much remember going to FAO Schwartz. Um, wow. And then there's this picture. And I'm hoping so, anyone who's watching this, who's got a greater familiarity with um, New York City than I do, if um, they could help me out with this scenario. Um, you know, this certainly looks like... Uh, it looks like the plaza between the two World Trade Centers. You know, this is one building, this is one building. And then we have this right here. 
Then you have me right there. You know, there's my mom. Uh, there's someone right here. Let's see if I can make that any bigger. Doesn't look like it was... Uh, um, <laughs> what do we have right there? So this says something right there. Um, so this, it appears to me to be the, um, the, the, the uh, um, plaza of the World Trade Center. But when you go and, or at least when I did, when you go and you look at, you know, all of the images of the World Trade Center before, um, before September 11th, 2001, like they look different. Like you can see right here. Um, well, one, I mean, the most obvious is like, you could see there's this, this circular, um, fountain with the, the, the sphere. And there's been a lot said about the sphere in this, this fountain. Like I was very, I, I, I'm familiar with it. And, um, you know, is this somewhere else? Is this between two other towers? Like, I want to know what the history of, of this is. And then when I'm looking at this relative to to these pictures, I don't know if this is exactly, if this is the, the same um, proportion. Um, you know, just looking at this, the, the amount of space between the, the recessed space on this one column right here, like where it meets the ground, it seems like it's almost all recessed with like a little bit of this, uh, you know, this, this, this um, there's depth to it um, on this column. And this column seems to be done differently or the, the, these columns don't seem to be, they seem to be different. I don't know. Um, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe, maybe there, there was a, maybe there was a, um, Maybe there was a, uh, um, a fountain before uh, this one here, but I don't know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was kind of weird. Um, and I'm curious if this is happening to anyone else because, you know, if you're watching this, this is a collective experience. So um, I'm talking about I'm talking about awakening from the dream, and I mean that on every on every level, on my dream, on um, on your dream, the collective dream, and figuring this out. So, like you know, I'm saying whatever I'm saying, whatever the words are coming to me, and I'm going through this. Like I knew I was going to talk about all of this stuff, like with my past, with intelligence, and talk about the dream. And then when I saw that. Uh, something happened inside me. I think when I, when I realized, I literally have never realized this, uh, <laughs> until today, this, this, like, you know, this is a strange relationship to all of the things I've ever studied. And what you saw was, or all the things that I study now, excuse me. And so it's like, like, Again, if I were to look at, if I was to see that on the outside world, on someone else, like I know what I, the, the dissection which my mind would do. So I have to do that to myself. When I started doing that, I was like, this is awakening from the dream.
And so my sense is <laughs> um, start to go and do that in your own life. Start to see that in your own life, this awakening right now. Wherever you're finding yourself, I guarantee like, you know, uh, it is, it's got everything you, which you need to know in order to, um, to awaken from the dream, to use the imagination, um, to understand what's going on. Because if you don't, you know, you're, you're playing in someone else's dreamscape. That's what's happening right now. A dreamscape is being, is being casted upon, um, is <laughs> being casted upon you know if, if if you're seeing it it's been casted upon you so it's like this is how you navigate such a scenario so um if you want more i would definitely recommend more research into your own history look at your own background map out your story map out your astrology and use it with uh um Use it as a as your own tool to allow you to wake up from the dream because as you saw from me just like kind of live on TV here, it's like it doesn't matter how many times you've seen something or thought of something like, you know, we're at a time and when you have this understanding of like this is literally what they do, this what Inception's about, they're telling you this is what's happening to you, Um, you know, same thing that you saw happen to me is going to happen to you. You could find out more about mind exercises at Susquehanna Alchemy, the subscribe star page. And you can learn more about, um, about the astrology with starboard session, which you can find at SusquehannaAlchemy.com. Um, until next time, this is Mike.